step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This is Doc Wesson, and in this episode of The Gun Nation, Paul learns how to drift. Average Joe talks about tell of two EMPs. New Hampshire is a constitutional carry state. Congratulations. AR-15 manufacturer is closing the doors. It looks like the TARS judge may not be the defensive firearm you'd be looking for. All that and a whole lot more in this episode of the Gun Nation. It all begins right now. So, Average Joe is back in from the uh, walking the dog, and uh, we finally got Paul to quit singing that song. Which song is that? Oh, who let the dogs out? Who? 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 <laughs> so, anyway, uh, how you guys doing, Joe? You how you been? Uh, terrific. Mm-hmm. And and Paul, you you've been you've been driving. Oh my gosh! I've seen this on like uh, Facebook, right? And you're yeah. like throwing up some live stuff, you know, like I was in the car with you guys. It was like we were there together experiencing it. It, it really uh, was. <laughs> I was driving on trips or driving two trips and I was driving on trips and I was driving in class and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wheels now in the, the class bus thing. around and round. Talk, what was that all about the class? What, what so uh, on uh, Monday of last week, I flew into uh, Richmond, Virginia to mm-hmm. head to O'Gara, training facility which is you know located nicely uh around the dc area for lots of what i would say are obvious reasons mm-hmm. and uh, they've got a bunch of ranges and a bunch of different kinds of courses beretta was the host they had a new product that they were unveiling and a whole bunch of other experiences that they wanted writers to go through at the beretta tactical conference 2.0 mm-hmm. and uh one of the things that they did is they put us into some crown vicks and uh Got us some solid instruction in uh, driving. It was I was fabulous. I was hoping they'd slap you guys in like an M4, teach you how to drift. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's always hard to tell in these kinds of situations. A lot top you know, gear. Right, right. When somebody's yanking your leg or when they're being serious. But yeah. apparently, you know, these different Crown Vicks had different powertrains in them. Mm-hmm. You know, when there was one that apparently was, you know, a, a Porsche motor, yeah, all kinds of good stuff. I liked my instructor, Mickey, a lot. He's like, yeah, you know, great, awesome motor. I'll tell you what I looked for. I looked for tires. I looked for the, I, I picked out the car this morning and had the best tires. Mm. That's what we're rolling in is what has the best tires because that's going to work for us. So, I hear you, man. I liked it. It was good. It was good. Well, awesome. Uh, you know, of course, you were doing a real good job of posting that up. So, thanks. I appreciate it. I you was know, enjoying. Living vicariously through you. It's it's kind of a bummer because, you know, when you see the video after the fact, it mm. like it I mean it it pales in comparison to actually being in the vehicle when, you know, an instructor is taking you around the course and teaching you, okay, here's how we're gonna turn and this is what the apex apex is on, on this turn in these conditions in this car at this moment and, and here's how we wanna brake and here's how we want to accelerate out. You know, and, and then you, you put it on a live video and it's kinda like, oh, okay. That, that that was probably cool, but mm-hmm. man, being in the car is just, and then being in the driver's seat and having them say, "Yeah, dude, let, let it hang out, man. It's okay. Yeah, you're gonna get squirrely here. You might end up in the grass, but that's cool." Do dude, you, I'm doing like 75, and I'm like two tires in the grass. Yes, dude, that is cool. Well, look, let, let me ask you and and yeah. Joe both here. Uh, do you guys have you ever 
overcome, like driving, overcome that fear of, I guess, like turning over. Death. <laughs> yeah, <Huh>. death. <laughs> I dr- I tend to drive um, high center of gravity vehicles. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm in a Dodge pickup truck that's you know got a, a package on it with larger tires and like so rollover is like a, a real thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great to get into a Crown Vic because I. I'm not saying that the possibility isn't there because, of course, it's there. But at the same time, it, it's not there in the same way. And so that was awesome to be diving into turns and, you know, oversteering it a little bit and, and mm-hmm. feeling the chatter and, and then, you know, taking a little bit out and getting on the gas and going. It was it was cool. Right. Of course, that's uh, Crown Vic is not a uh, Ferrari 458 Italia either. So. Not at all. I mean, they're, all. they're fairly high center of gravity yeah. compared to. And our, our Crown Vic, they have switches on them. These are, you know, instruction cars. So mm-hmm. they have a switch where you can turn the ABS on and off. Our switch was broken. ABS was off all the time. So, you know, <laughs> we're talking old school braking. And, and that was, up. <laughs> yeah, that was probably the most challenging thing for me is I going bet. into these braking maneuvers yeah. and going back to the idea of, no, 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 no. You know, if they lock up, you got to get off it a little bit. You mm-hmm. got to back it off until you get traction again. And that goes against... You know, now years of driving experience with ABS, where right. it's like put it down and, and let it, let it do its job. Yeah, get hard on it, right? Yeah, right. So, um, you might have to edit that out, but no, I'm leaving it in. Uh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of the Crown Vic, you know, um, I think that Ford actually is going to introduce. A two, I may be wrong here, but I think I read it yesterday where they're going to offer like the Interceptor and a Crown Vic. Really? Know, to the police in uh, 2018? I'll have to go back and check that, but I, I remember seeing that. Now, it may have been on some kind of spoof blog, but I don't think it was. I think it was auto blog or something. <laughs> you know, the, the Russians or... probably put it out. All right, so 2018 <laughs> yeah. Ford Crown Vic Police Interceptor. Yep. Um, Interesting. And, you know, I'd heard, you know, those vehicles, well, I guess the um, – Rumor was that they would out, those are those particular ones will drive like sixty five miles per hour backwards or ninety miles per hour backwards too or something like that. So that's one of the reasons why they were so good. And of course, you know, I think they a lot of the police that were in Fords switched over, you know, to the uh, I guess the Taurus or whatever. Yeah, the new Taurus, and yeah. and that's getting some pretty good reviews. And and what mm-hmm. I think is interesting is lots and lots and lots of departments are moving away from the sedans altogether, and they're mm-hmm. going with. Is it a is it an Explorer? Yes, you're right. Yeah, the, the Ford Explorer with the EcoBoost motor in it, and mm-hmm. getting good very gas happy. mileage. They're getting good gas mileage. They're very happy with the performance of the engine. And I'll tell you, you know, the the officers that I talk to, mm-hmm. the thing that they're the most pleased with is that they've gone away from the Charger and they've actually got some room in the vehicle. Uh, and you know, you get you get an officer, you know, even an average sized person wearing, you know, a vest, wearing a, a retention holster wearing all the gear they've got on their belt, right. and the Charger just doesn't have the room. I mean, yeah. It's got great performance. Let's not kid ourselves. That thing gets going fast, and it stops quick, Yeah, but it it's just not a comfortable vehicle to spend the day in. So I'm sure. Um, I'm, sure. I'm not surprised to see that, that change over. You know, kind of mentioned, even our local police departments around here, I see a lot of the uh, Ford Explorers like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, the leftovers in Greensboro are the Ford Tauruses and then in the high point area here uh it's all it's all charger yeah and you know of course it's the i guess it's the it's the equivalent to the the i forgot which engine the 5.7 liter uh whatever uh hemi yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah but it's that's like 350 horsepower maybe a little bit more than that wow and then but you look at um like they've got the scat packs got that 392 in it and that's like right at closing in on 500 <laughs> it's insane yeah and you know it's the crazy insane. thing is a scat pack charger like that you can get those for like like 40 grand under 40 what did i get a pickup truck for man i should have got man i don't know what you're talking about i want i want the one that has the two different key fobs I, yeah like, yeah the hellcat yeah the hellcat right <laughs> so you got the key fob that you get to your you know a 16 year old kid that has like 300 horsepower and then you got yours with 700 horsepower right, right. and the different key fob you know opens up the options on the engine <laughs> give me a break that's insanity that's crazy that can't but be legal the, the, the one key fob that you give and the reason they have that like you say is for your kids or somebody else like the right. uh the valet 
you know, <laughs> hand him that one. But Ferris it's still Bueller. 500 horsepower. Right, right. <laughs> Come on, man. You know, yeah. 200 so mile I per saw, hour car. I saw something insane on all these drives that I did coming back from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. You talk about the Ford Explorer. Mm-hmm. I watched a West Virginia State Trooper pull a guy over, and the trooper was driving a Jeep Liberty. What? No markings. Felt like a Prius. (laughs) Like there was one antenna on the thing and a whole bunch of lights. Swear it must have been, you know, a vehicle that they confiscated in a in a bust of some kind and then just said, Well, this is gonna work good for speed traps because nobody expects a Jeep Liberty. Not much of I I don't know what the pursuit package is like (laughs) in the Liberty. I don't know. But I was like, dang, I'm glad he's pulling that guy over because I was just driving you know, like I was on a racetrack. <laughs> like so you stole I'm it. Glad. Yeah, <laughs> right, driving right. like I stole it. <laughs> I did. I got a good deal on the truck. So it was like I'm driving like I stole it. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh hey, since we're talking with you, yeah. how's the search for the uh the SIG uh, grip <sighs> going? Right. Yeah, so I've gotten some information on that. Um I had a listener to the SSA podcast actually um contact me and say, dude, found a small grip, small compact. I have the hookup, and I was like, right on, dude. I'll PayPal you right now. Get it to me. Let's make this happen. Uh, Got back from my trip on Monday night, went to the front door, grabbed the box. It's for a 45. It's not for the 9 millimeter 40 or 357. And so, you know, and, and, you know, honest mistake. Like, they saw a small compact. They were excited. And they're like, dude, I didn't even know they were making 45s in the 320 now. I I just thought it was 940, 357. Hmm. So, uh, right now, it's a no go. And, and I actually got some official information from SIG on this. And, and basically what's happening is there's a problem with the mold, a couple of changes that need to be made. And so the mold's getting worked on. They need to do things like, uh, you know, change the, the naming. Um, oftentimes guns are marked on the grip as to where they're um, built. And, and so what is it? Exeter, New Hampshire's on there and they need to put yep. uh, Newington. I don't even remember if I got those right. And I closed the email, but uh uh, let me open it back up. You know, just little simple things like that that they probably never anticipated needing to change. Right. Yeah, they need, they need to change it from Exeter, New Hampshire to Newington, New Hampshire. I did have it right. And, you know, so those things were probably built into the mold as opposed to being, you know, a part that, you know, pops out and, and then drop a new part in. So that means the whole mold has to be, you know, ground and have a section cut out and a new section built and dropped in. And those kinds of things are a pain. So, um Mid-March is when it sounds like small, compact 940-357 grips are going to be available again. And uh, according to SIG, they're pushing super hard to make it happen before then. But Man, that's the deal. What's this going to mean for the Army? Uh, good question. And and I don't know the answer to that. Um, okay. Uh, Joe, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and we're done with him. Yeah. And seen. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Um, basically, I think that uh, they probably had enough parts. Um, and, and, you know, I'm here's my real guess on that. It's probably a whole different mold altogether. Yeah. It's probably a whole different mold altogether. Because there you, are specific specifications that they needed for the military contract. Right. And they're going to go, they're going to try to get with them first. Right. Um, but they're, they're probably going to. There's be, legal parts of that, obviously. There you go. That's exactly what I was going to say is they yeah. probably are bound yeah. to fulfill the military contract prior mm-hmm. to fulfilling civilian contract. So it may be even longer for, Could for be. us. You know? I hope not because, yeah. you know, I, I want I want people – everybody's excited about it. Everybody's right. fired up. So I'd like to see the parts get into people's hands so we can all, you know, see what the see what the scoop is, see what they're mm-hmm. excited about. And obviously, Average Joe, you guys don't have them either. Uh, do you have the 45 grips, the small ones? Uh, no. Uh, we have no smalls in stock. We just got a shipment – today mm-hmm. of uh grips but they were all either well they were all mediums yeah <laughs> which is kind of uh standard although we do get a lot of people from all across the country calling and and you know wanting a medium for a different configuration than what they bought the uh the pistol in mm-hmm. well we'll see <laughs> They better get it together. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I mean, somebody what, might what, take their ball. Well, not only that, but I mean, there's there's a big learning curve mm-hmm. for Sig coming, and and I don't mean that in any kind of a derogatory term. 
but you know, plain and simple, this is a huge deal and you don't know what you don't know. So it'll be interesting to see seven years, 10 years, 15 years down the road, you know, what it is that SIG has changed, what they've learned from this contract. And it's just going to make a better handgun manufacturer. Oh yeah. So I'm excited. It's fine pistol too. So yeah, you know, it's going to be a, okay. Speaking of, uh, speaking of modular, uh, let's go to the single stack modular. Uh, there's one town touted as the only single stack, which is our defense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was reading, uh, I guess it was yesterday, uh, that Honor Defense pistols have now been approved for backup or off-duty use by the Fresno Police Department out in California. Awesome, right? But we yeah. I, in this, I can't find what the, uh, we talked about this before the show, but can't really see anything in it as to what the criteria was for them to be able to do that. I mean, I'm very curious about that. Um, but now you were saying, uh, Paul, something about had there been some issues or? Well, you know, there's there's been mixed reports on the reliability of the Honor Defense Honor Guard. And uh, um, I don't have I haven't spent any time with one. Right. Um, Honor Defense was at range day at SHOT Show. Um, unfortunately they were all the way down at the end. And by the time I got there, I apparently wasn't paying attention because I know the guys from, from honor defense and I would have liked to have shot the pistol because I've never shot one. I've spent time sure. handling one, uh, but I missed it at the same time. Um, you know, anytime you go to an event where things are on show and they're provided by the manufacturer, you wonder, you know, how much time, effort and energy was spent to make sure that you've got the best samples there ready to go. Sure. Um, We've seen so, that happen. You know, right, yeah. And, and this is not any kind of a criticism of Honor Defense or the Honor Guard pistol. Mm-hmm. What it is is, you know, I've, I've heard some folks say that they've had some Honor Defense pistols that have been sent from the manufacturer for T&E that haven't performed as well as they would like. And so, you know, who knows what it is that Fresno did. And I did some searching. I couldn't find anything on the protocol um, in a cursory search that, that says, hey, here's what we do to approve this pistol for um, you know, it may simply be an evaluation of does this gun have the safety features that our department requires? Check the box. Yes, it has those. Okay, carry on. And then, you know, officers show up to qualify. They qualify. You can carry it. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Interesting. Well, it, it looks like there's some inroads into them hitting Ooh. more of a mass, mass, more mass market or. Well, like we always say, you know, you know we, we, we want them to be successful. Absolutely. And, I had a chance to talk with uh, Gary Ramey and uh, and Mike, one of the law enforcement advisors that uh, that Honor Defense has employed to help make the pistol um, a good fighting pistol. And you know, great, they've got great things to say, and I look forward to getting my hands on one. I think that there are some outstanding design improvements over the uh, the M and P, uh, and I, I wish them all the success and good for them for getting approved by Fresno. And I hope that, that continues, and I hope that the gun lives up to the expectations and the and the needs of those officers and concealed carry folks all around. Uh-huh. I think it would be a great thing for sure. Yeah. Um and you know they 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 have a unique uh, uh twist on the a shield uh, clone kind of thing. So mm-hmm. uh I got to say that extended whatever that thing is at the bottom of the slide. They, uh, they call it the fist um Fire firearm integrated standoff. Ah, I don't remember. Yeah, but I, think, I think they call it the fist or something like that. So if you jam it into place. somebody's gut, you yeah. know, it won't throw it out of battery or whatever. Mm-hmm. But not for me. But okay, it's innovative. It's something different. And mm-hmm. It's kind of you know. Well, I also like thinking out of the box. I, mean, I also like the idea that they're coming out with what it is that XD has done mm-hmm. with the XDS 4.0. Oh, nice. Yeah. Now so that that's a good move. Yeah. Short grip, long slide. Long slide. Good, good, good move there. Mm-hmm. I think so. Whereas, whereas like Sig offers, what is it called? The carry. Uh-huh. Am, am I right on that, Joe? Do I have it? Do I have it correct? The carry is the long grip, short barrel. Uh, yes, and then the compact is the same size barrel with a shorter grip. Right. So basically, take a take a Glock nineteen uh-huh. and put a Glock seventeen grip length on it. Why? Just right. for just for. <laughs> Because Steyr did it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, Whatever. like it makes it makes no sense whatsoever. Because you know that's the hardest part of the gun to, to hide. hide. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You can always deal with a longer barrel for sure. Absolutely. 
But that grip, you're right, man. That thing will point. Mm-mm. No thanks. Yeah. Insanity. It's not insanity, but at least on our defenses is thinking about those kinds of things and making the right moves in that direction. Yeah, yeah. So very good. Well, I hope they, you know, things work out well, and yeah, then we'll get we'll get us some. Then how's that mm-hmm. sound? Sounds good to me. So that that should work. But there's one thing that I don't feel will work, and that's the Tars Judge. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get right to smacking it. Let me hit the ball here. I posted. Uh, <sighs> Did you see it? I posted it up on Facebook. I saw it. Uh, it's this video of a police officer who had a shootout with a guy that had a Tars Judge, and I mean it, it. You know, and it's definitely a shootout. He's got his, you know, his body cameras on, and um, he was shot. The, the police officer was shot. I think uh, he was shot in the head, and I forgot where else. Maybe the shoulder. I forgot. But anyway, and. Uh, Needless to say, the, the officer's okay, you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just not, I, I guess the reason I put that up was because it was a judge and you, you hear from time to time how it makes a great self-defense weapon and, and the like, and, uh, uh, people always, always come back to, well, it makes a nice snake gun, <laughs> you know, so. There is actually an instructor somewhere out here in the Minneapolis area who recommends them to his students for concealed carry. I just don't. And, and even and, at that, if you put, uh, you know, of course that will hold the, the 45 Colt. I would prefer that over the, you yeah, know, whatever shot shells well, they have. For he's, it. he's telling them to get it and put the, uh, the 410, um, buckshot. In just it. all kinds of no on that. And first of all, it, it's not that small of a gun to con- to carry concealed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can get you probably close to a dozen nine millimeter pistols that would be more effective and are smaller than the Taurus Judge and hold more ammo than the Taurus Judge. Right. All twelve of them together are smaller <laughs> yeah, than the Taurus right. Judge. And if you were pulling all twelve triggers at the same time of those nine millimeter <laughs> pistols, it would be better than the trigger on the Taurus Judge. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to mute out again. <laughs> he's in and he's out. Well, you know, I, I'm not saying don't get one. They're, I'm sure they're a lot of fun and, you know, and they may have a place. Uh... All right, I'm back. Don't get one. <laughs> don't. <laughs> okay, thanks. I, All right, and I needed out. you to give me some comic relief there. But um, I, I think it was uh, somebody, uh, Michael Bain, I think, jumped in on the on that and said, well, you know, it makes a good uh, good gun for snake and rabbit or something and i mean i've 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 got a friend that has one he shoots clays with it which is kind of a unique situation you're throwing up a clay and then shooting it with a pistol or a a revolver so but still i mean i for me it would be relegated to just a you know some type of just conversation piece and something just to mess around with but I, i personally i there's so many more proven guns and cartridges that are just so much better in there, you know. I I just don't see the purpose. But I did put that up. I wanted people to see, and and obviously people jumped all over, <laughs> all over that, and started um, uh, a, a nice thread about it. So, hey, you know, if the criminal has to carry a gun, mm-hmm. that's the one you it, want him to have. Let it be a tourist joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's some people that are irritated at, at us talking about it that way. I mean, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, because they. I'm sure they've gotten it thinking, hey, um, but, you know, it's just not uh, one of the reasons for it. Obviously, we talk we've talked about this before, but with with a four four ten shell, this so this is not a short barrel shotgun. It has rifling in it. Ergo, the reason that you can shoot the forty five Colt out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that slings that shot all over the place it you know it gets it turning and slings it and it's a it's a short barrel to begin with you know uh so it, it's just i don't see it ever putting enough together you know uh, yeah to, to the, really the rifling do. turns the gun into a centrifuge for the shot and good good, good way to put it yeah you know you, you end up with these donut patterns mm-hmm. on the uh on the target or on the threat. And, you know, this is, this is one of those, what was it, uh, Pulp Fiction moments, you know, where, you know, <laughs> six shots are fired and you're like, holy smokes, that guy wasted me. 
but every shot is like on your outline of the body, right, right, wall behind you, like that's <laughs> except for the wad. The wad is very accurate. Yes, <laughs> that wad and is deadly accurate. You could get an infection. You could from put that. your eye out. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just not. Yeah, it might cause a nasty whelp. Right, right. <laughs> so you know, I'll, I'll put a link to that because you know it's it's interesting to say the least. But uh, and and it's scary to to actually being you know the um police officer's shoes because you know it's his body camera and uh, the guy's pointed right at him you know it makes you <gasps> kind of wow <laughs> so i missed i missed the video you posted doc i saw the one that uh that john correa from active self-protection posted mm-hmm. but it didn't have any body cam footage are we talking about the one in uh in georgia officer uh, climbs over a fence to do a wellness check and then the I mean, this is this is totally a guy that's carrying a Taurus judge, right? Pulls yeah. up to the gate. There's the police car there. He, like, takes some shots yeah, at the, tr- the police tr- car. County. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I just didn't see the body cam footage. I'll have to, I'll have to dig that out and check that out. Okay. Um, so uh, let's see what we got going next here. New Hampshire, congratulations. You're now a constitutional carry state. Nice. Yeah, Governor Sununu. He, um, I like saying it's Sununu. <laughs> He's... Uh, He's he's a cool guy. He said he said uh, you know if he was elected as the um, governor that he was going to first one of the first things he would do would be to sign that into law and he stayed true to uh, his word and they now have that in as uh, the law. So when I go up there, I will just definitely be carrying for sure. I think uh, North Carolina we had our uh, concealed carry permit was good up there anyway, but. Uh, it's nice to see that, and and you know, uh, North Carolina's looking into doing that now. We've got some momentum about that um, as well to become constitutional carry. So um, now the only the only issue with that is you can do that, but then if you don't get a concealed carry permit, uh, the states that are not constitutional carry, uh, when you go to them, the ones that were reciprocating, uh, you know, may not be reciprocating with you anymore because you don't have your concealed carry permit. So um, I'm assuming uh, that New Hampshire will continue to do that. That's what I read, mm-hmm. is that they will continue to offer permits so that people can have reciprocity. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's a good thing, though. Uh, we hope, obviously, for the fact that eventually everybody will become the constitutional carry states, all of them. Because, I mean, let's face it, that's what it is. So. Oh, we do you have that become a constitutional carry country. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, we re- we really already are. Yeah. Second Amendment. They for, just yeah. Let us have just, it. Mm-hmm. Do, do you hear that talk up in Minnesota, Joe? I mean, we get it here in Ohio every year. There's talk about constitutional carry. There's a bill introduced. Um, we get closer and closer every year. How about Minnesota? No, you, Minnesota is still a heavily Democratic state. Okay. Uh, primarily. Because the urban area, you know, Minneapolis, St. Paul is heavily Democratic. You get out into the farmlands and the prairie and everybody's very conservative and everybody wants to be able to uh, carry the weapon of their choice any way they please. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, New Hampshire has slowly become more Democrat uh, because all the people in Boston – down in in the upper part of Massachusetts, have started hating the tax and all the other issues they're oh, having yeah. there, and have moved north. You know, yep. And so, uh, I'm sure there was some fight, you know, down around, I guess Manchester, New, uh, you know, Nashua, and all that for it not to happen. I know there there was a call for, you know, it not to be the case, but uh, evidently the upper parts of new hampshire survived the uh onslaught so to speak and they got it well done. those those folks that uh from that area that don't understand this my direction to you would be simple open up the driver door <laughs> turn left walk to the rear turn left again read your license plate yeah live free or die baby live free or die and as a matter of fact uh, governor sununu quoted that while he was right <laughs> that's what i'm talking about right there Awesome, awesome. But yeah, so North Carolina, we're making a move now. I'd like to see it happen. Love to see it happen. So, um, and you know, there'd be a lot of people at that point. I think that would be responsible, uh, you know, gun owners that would love to be able to carry, but just have never, you know, gotten around to or not been able to afford, you know, going through 
to to get the uh, concealed carry permit for whatever reason. But uh, uh, I think that's one of the things that we as a culture need to continue to work to help to facilitate. The fact of the matter is, is there should be no restrictions right. on our Second Amendment rights. I mean, exactly. shall not be infringed is fairly clear. Um, for most folks, even if English is a second language, it's, it's you know, not too hard to figure out. But that doesn't mean that we don't need to be responsible with our rights. And that, and that comes down to not fulfilling a government mandate, but instead, you know, being common sense about our own survival and safety. And if we want to be able to defend ourselves, it makes sense to have quality training. If we want to be able to handle a tool safely, it makes sense to have quality training. And so whether we have a law that mandates it or not, it should be the gun owner's responsibility placed on them by themselves and the people around them to get that good quality training. It's one of the reasons why as an instructor, I'm not afraid of constitutional carry Mm -hmm. because there are people that want good instruction. There are people that want to learn and want to know. Yeah, those are my people. The people right. that show up at class and are like, dude, just sign the certificate so I can go home. Yeah, actually, go train with somebody else because I'm not your guy. Right. Good point. So we're hoping that that continues to spread. It seems like uh, how many states now have got that? It's quite a few. It's like 78. Yeah. 80. Huh? I don't know. I think it's like 17. 17 now? What would you say? Yeah. 70, 80. <laughs> I did say that because I don't really know the answer, but I think, I think it's Montana. Uh I think uh, it wasn't Montana. It was, uh, did Missouri um, get constitutional carry last year? Do I have that right? I think so. They made, they made 16, I think. So this I think would be 17. Impressive. Because I remember when it was just like Alaska, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Alaska and Vermont. Vermont. Right. was it. Mm -hmm. I remember when there were 17 states that had shall issue. Right. You know, and now we've got 17 states-ish that have constitutional carry. Right. Pretty good. Pretty good. Keep it going. Now, a little, little bad news. Mm. Uh, Olympic arms, uh, you know, they produce um, some AR-type platforms, uh, including uh, one I thought was pretty good, which is M- UMAR-22250. little zippy package there. Uh, no longer going to be around there. They're closing shop. Closing shop. Now, there was another situation, too, where was a, it wasn't Silencer Co. It was uh, one of those uh, suppressor companies uh, was also, like, laying a bunch of people off here recently. And, you know, really, I think what's coming, reason for this, it might be a lot of these companies geared up. I don't think they thought Trump was going to win. And uh, geared up staff and, Mm -hmm. you know, thinking, hey, we're going to have these people buying the heck out of stuff. So we need to be prepared. And now that Trump's in and, you know, the climate sounds like it's going to be good. I mean, like, you know, the NRA's come out and said, hey, we're going to go on the offensive, which I like to hear that instead of, uh, you know, always being on the defensive with the the last regime we had. And now they're going on the offensive, trying to make inroads, uh, which we did with the Obama administration too, um, so you know, I, I see. Uh, I think what happened here was you know they got geared up, and now it's not going to be that way. Um, what do you guys think? Well, I, I can tell you from the retail side, uh, the suppressor market dropped off after the changes that came about in. Uh, Oh, last June, last July, Mm -hmm. um, to the process for filing for the tax stamp. Uh, And right before then, there was a huge, huge uptick. I mean, we had two people processing Form 4s just about all day long. Mm -hmm. And after that change went into effect, everybody had been out buying them up and you know, then the market fell off. And now everybody that comes in to look at one says, well, I'm going to wait until the uh, Hearing Protection Act passes. Mm -hmm. Then people will be absolutely going crazy to get them, I imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know I will be. (laughs) I'll be wanting them. Now, do you guys have any information on after, I think it's October 15th of 2016, if you have filed for 
what is it, a Form 1 for a suppressor, if the Hearing Protection Act passes, part of that legislation is to refund the $200 tax. I've heard that, yeah. Of everyone now. And I'm, I'm doing a search for it right now, and I can't find it, well, so I, I worry that I'm misquoting or misunderstanding. Right. I, I, have, I have a lot of people come into the shop who say that. Right. So and that's the that's the point, right? I, it might have been where I read it in a thread, <laughs> where somebody said, "Oh, they'll reimburse it. Don't worry about it." And my comment to them is, "When is the government ever giving you money back?" Yeah, <laughs> don't hold uh, your breath, especially after they've spent it. Mm. True statement. Um, that being said, you know if you're if you're in the market for suppressors, you know if you're buying a suppressor, my guess is. That $200 tax isn't something that you're terribly concerned about. Suppressors in general aren't inexpensive items. They're expensive. And the $200 isn't the worst part of it. Now, I'm not saying it should be there, but the fact is, is that the weight is the most difficult part. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. if, you're, if you want a suppressor, I'm going to encourage folks to support the industry. You know, go, Silencer Code did have to lay folks off. Yeah, Go get a suppressor now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if that part of the Hearing Protection Act continues to be part of the HPA when it passes, great, you get your money back. If not, you know that you did the right thing by helping, you know, suppressor companies make it through this difficult time where we've got this, let's call it a lull in the market where people are are no longer afraid, which is probably not the best attitude to take. And, uh, uh, you know, we can keep moving in the right direction. Yeah, well... Well, as as we tell people, if you want one, you know, get it now because the Hearing Protection Act is not going to be passed next week. No. The week after, though? (laughs) (laughs) And it may not get passed. Right. You know, it may not. Uh, And then you've waited and waited and waited, and then all of a sudden the price of them will go up, and you still got to wait to get one, right? So... Interesting, but um, was it the Olympic arms? There's one of those, uh, coming back to the ARs, did you see, uh, I, I sent something to you, Paul, um, did you see where the, was it the Olympic arms? It was like, uh, they're like $399 or Oh, no, that was, uh, was it Delton? Delton, yeah, the Delton. Was it uh, Misfires and Light Strikes, Kevin, Kevin, yeah, yeah, Kreitman Kevin Kreitman posted Kreitman. that? Yeah, yeah that yeah. was the Delton, yeah. 399 Yeah. Diltons, any good? Uh, okay, so, you know, there are only a certain number of folks that are manufacturing lowers and uppers in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, Delton was the supplier of the majority of, eh, maybe that's not a fair statement, was a, a supplier of a lot of the lowers and uppers for whoever was making ARs. Right. Now, that doesn't mean that all of the the features, you know, all of the, you know, the lower completion kit the upper completion kit are great doesn't mean it's got a great barrel on it or or the handguard that you want but you know if you're looking to start with a rifle if you're looking to add a few additional rifles to your collection just to have something to build off of i'm not sure that that would be a bad way to start oh especially for that price right i mean holy smoke there are a lot of lower and upper match sets that are more expensive than that yeah like incomplete I saw that and I was like, "There's just this got to be from the Onion or <laughs> no? It is double blogs. It, it is out there, um, and the people I feel sorry for are the people who paid six hundred dollars for them and they bring them into the shop now to sell used, and yeah. you know we're offering them two fifty to two ninety nine <laughs> because yeah. you can get a brand new one for three ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, you know." Mm-hmm. Well, you know, funny you should mention that. It's like a guy I had at work, uh, one of our upper management guys, and back when the the heyday hit and everybody was just buying them up, you know, when Obama had said something that caused everybody to once again think that they were going to do away with everything, firearms. Um, he said, I want one. I said, well, you know, I'd say it's never a bad time to get one. But if you don't want to pay two thousand dollars for one that should be about six hundred, um, you might want to wait a little bit because you know, a bunch of people buy these up for these crazy prices, uh, don't shoot them, mm-hmm. and the wife is like, "You never get rid of this thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. We need the money, and you can get them for a song, you know, um, 
And then, of course, now the prices have gone down. I was talking to him about that today, and he said, how much? I told him, you know, the Delta, and I, of course, I didn't remember which one it was. And he was like, how much? I said, like, three ninety nine. And he's like, he, he bought one that was like, I forgot. But it was, uh, you know, I, I, the one he got maybe was a stag or because I think he's a left-handed. But his it, his was, you know, a couple grand. Of course, it's got a very nice, you know, it's a very nice one. So, But still, he's like, man, I want to go get a few now. <laughs> like, well, go ahead. Three ninety nine. That's time to do it, right? Yeah. So, but uh, going from a bad story, let's go to a real good story. This is kind of a feel good kind of shotgun. I just just popped up on Fox News. Shotgun returned to owner after forty years. <laughs> Seems there's this guy named uh, Don. I won't even try to pronounce his last name. His very first firearm he got in nineteen seventy three was a nice all around defense. Whatever you might need it, gun, which was the uh, twenty gauge pump uh, Ithaca shotgun, and uh, I think my dad's got one of those. Probably about that same time too. Um, it appeared that he and a friend had been hunting around nineteen seventy seven up in Michigan during deer season, and they threw their shotguns in the back of their pickup, and you know threw some clothes or something over it, and they went in to eat, not thinking anything about it. Well. While they were doing that, somebody lifted it, and lo and behold, uh, somebody had, uh, police had stopped, uh, I guess the guy was in his 20s, and uh, <clears throat> the guy had the shotgun, and he had been hunting, he had it legally, the way he did it, and you know, so everything was fine, but the, the officer thought, well, I'll just happen to check that serial number and run it anyway, and so he did, it came back to this as a stolen shotgun from 40 years ago. And, uh, of course, the guy didn't know, you know, I'm sure it changed hands. It said it was in pretty good condition, too, um, for being that old, I guess, stolen, <laughs> changed hands. But the, the guy got it back, uh, so that's pretty cool, you know. <laughs> it's always good to be reunited with one of your favorites, I think, anyway. Love it. Yeah. Excellent. So that's a little feel-good story. And now an even better feel-good story. Average Joe, what do you got for us tonight, sir? Oh, tonight we're going to talk about the tale of two Springfield EMP 9mm pistols. Now, EMP, uh, does that stand for electromagnetic pulse? <laughs> uh, no, it stands for enhanced micro-pistol. Why, yes, it does. And it was introduced about 10 years ago, and, and, and I don't know why I never remembered to do this at the beginning, but as always, we invite everybody to come over to averagejoeshandgunreviews.blogspot.com which everybody should have that link saved by now, but come on over so that you can see the pictures uh, as we talk about them. Uh, the EMP was introduced about 10 years ago as a small pistol with a 3-inch barrel and uh, kind of an abbreviated grip. Now, while there were other small 3-inch barrel 1911s on the market, the EMP was was different because rather than take a 45 ACP frame pistol and stuff a 9mm barrel into it, Springfield built the EMP around the 9mm cartridge. Um, therefore, it was, and, and still is, uh, thinner in the width, while the grip is also thinner from the front strap to the back strap. Uh, the frame on the EMP is .918 inches wide, versus 0.925 inches wide on uh, the SIG Ultra. Now, I know that doesn't sound, you know, like a lot, but trust me, when you're wrapping your hands around that grip, um, you realize that you have a, a smaller uh, pistol. Now, I loved that EMP, but the abbreviated grip was just too short for my liking, uh, it was a fabulously accurate little three-inch barreled gun. So eventually, like all of my stupid decisions, uh, that one was sold at some point. Well, last year, Springfield brought out their new EMP4 with a four-inch barrel and a longer 10-round magazine, but still thin, still very flat, still a very good concealed uh, carry pistol. Now, the EMP4 obviously has a one-inch longer barrel and slide and has a longer grip to get that 10 plus one uh, round capacity in the magazine. And the magazine is fitted with a rubber base pad. 
the EMP4 is nicely checkered uh, with a golf ball pattern on both the front and back strap. And it weighs in at uh, 31 ounces, which is just 4 ounces heavier than the original 3-inch EMP. Um, additionally, 2007's 3-inch version came with 3-dot night sights, while the 4-inch pistol comes with a red fiber optic front sight and a 2-dot white side, uh, 2-dot white, try this again, take 47, uh, 2 white dot rear sight. I think I had a small stroke uh, somewhere along the line there. Take as an aspirin. With, Take an aspirin. <laughs> is that burning hair I smell? Uh, as with the original EMP, the EMP4 comes with some very nice checkered uh, Coco Bolo grips. Now, it took almost a year for me to obtain an EMP4, and I was very delighted with the way it shot, and we've got examples there of... Uh, uh, a 21 foot uh, uh, target, 30 rounds fired at 21 feet with MagTech uh, 115 grain FMJ ammo, and uh, another target that was fired at 30 feet with the same ammo. I love the way the pistol performed, but I was a little puzzled as to why Springfield would put an extended rubber base pad on a concealed carry pistol. Uh, that extended pad only serves to give your cover garment something to latch onto, print, and give away that you're carrying a concealed handgun. Two weeks after I got that 4-inch EMP, they uh, introduced the EMP4CC contour, which stands for contour carry. And as soon as I saw it, I thought, damn, I'd rather have this one. Um, so now I... I own two of them, although um, the original EMP4 will probably wind up in the conceal or in the consigned case at work very shortly. The EMP4CC comes with uh, a bobtail contour cut on the back strap and very attractive, nicely checkered black G10 grips. Instead of the 10-round extended magazine with the rubber base plate. The EMPCC comes with a flush-fitting nine-round magazine, and all of the EMP models come with a bushingless bull barrel. The EMPCC shoots just as good and, quite frankly, I think maybe a little better than my EMP4, uh, as you can see from the next target, which is 27 rounds at uh, 21 feet and then 25 rounds at 30 feet um, after that. And I don't know how Springfield did it, but both of the 4-inch barreled EMPs are some of the softest shooting 9mm pistols I have and have ever shot. I really like the bobtail cut on the CC model. Fits my hand very well, and it's much less likely to catch on a uh, cover garment and, uh, you know, expose that I'm carrying a, a concealed handgun. Uh, everybody that I have uh, uh, let shoot the thing, which is, you know, anybody that comes up to the range and wants to shoot it, uh, also agrees that it's a very fine, sweet shooting gun. I really like this, and this has become uh, one of my concealed carry favorites because it is so flat and so thin that it can go in an inside the waistband holster with uh, a shirt covering it and I'm good to go with a very accurate fighting pistol should I need one. So it's highly recommended from Average Joe. Nice. Uh, they're good looking pistols too, mm -hmm. you know. There's some good looking pistols. Um, I love the bobtails. Yeah. Who came out with that? Guy named Bob. Did he have a tail? Uh, no, it was Ed Brown. Ed Brown. That's mm -hmm. right. They had the bobtail clat or whatever they called it. I guess it was just the bobtail at the time. Uh, I do remember that. Um, but you're right, man. That uh, that just that little piece cut back makes a difference. Makes a difference. So, what was the what's the price on those? Do you know? Obviously, you bought uh, one. Oddly enough, the um, the EMP four. And the EMP with the three-inch barrel mm -hmm. run a little bit 
over a grand, like eleven twenty nine. Right. And you can pick up the EMP four um, contour carry for less than a grand. Hmm. You know, you can get one around nine ninety eight or nine ninety five, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's not an inexpensive pistol. No, but it's all metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all it's all metal. <laughs> yeah. And you can see where that $999 goes. Yeah, they're quality made for sure. Um, do you, uh, Paul, you have many people come in with those uh, to do classes? or No, no, I don't. Not I'm seeing a lot of lot of uh, shields, a lot of XDs, right, right. a lot of Makes Glocks, sense, I mean. but not, not the 1911s. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I think the folks that are carrying a 1911 for self-defense are – you know, pretty deep into the whole gig these days. Yeah. It's not the first. You, you get your gun counter folks that recommend that to beginners, but that's becoming fewer and farther between, it seems like. Right. Th- these are folks really that are in the know, I guess, that have been around for a while, That, uh, such as uh, Mr. Average Joe there. Uh, right. right. With refined tastes and quality. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, uh, I, Average Joe appreciates a value priced pistol that works well. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause you know, I need a throwdown gun. <laughs> That's right. You never can tell. Never can tell. But, uh, well, very good. Very good. Obviously. Uh, so you're going to put one up soon, huh? Yeah. I think the one with Coca Bolo grips is yeah. going to have to go. I, you know, still a tra- attractive gun though. It, it is. Yeah. It is. Very attractive. Very attractive gun. Well, very good gentlemen. All right, well, uh, gosh, here we are closing in on an hour. Uh, anything else uh, before we close up here? Um, let's see, what do you got coming up, uh, Paul? You're Now that you're back, um, you didn't go to the Concealed Carry Fashion Show, did you? <laughs> didn't they I have that recently? I was trying to, mm-hmm. but uh, wasn't able to make it. What's the name of that thing again? I have no idea what you're even talking about, Doc. But well, I, you I tried remember to- it's the it. Ladies Concealed Carry fashion oh. show or whatever it was yeah i didn't i didn't catch it no i figured you'd be there you know not knowing how you identify sometimes but true i'm just true. saying just i just saying. use the family restroom <laughs> the best way to go yeah that's right <laughs> go to the place there's just one <laughs> um and the, how do you handle that in class it, it's actually come up i've you know after, has it really post, Oh yeah, totally. And you know what? I'm I'm cool with it. Um, mm. after the Pulse nightclub shooting, sure. Um, I've seen uh, a, a large influx of um, LGBTQ population coming to find out about what's going on. In hey, and that's a good thing, man. It is. That's uh, a good thing. What what I what I appreciated about it mm-hmm. very much was um, students that may have been drop-jawed at the beginning of class, by the end of class. Mm-hmm. We're kind of like, huh, like, these are these are people. And that was that was good to see. So, right. Um, it takes all kinds, and uh, hey, you know, I'm, a, I'm an understanding fellow. Yeah. Do what you got to do. Right. And hopefully some folks that have uh, not been of the firearms persuasion look at them and say, you know, these guns aren't so bad. <laughs> Right. Well, and that's that's what we've got to understand when it comes to self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, there are all different kinds of people right now that are coming to firearms as a potential solution for all kinds of reasons that you and I might not understand. Right. But what that does is it brings a common bond between people that might not have found anything in common, you know, six months ago. Mm-hmm. And that's the beginning. That's where we start to take things back. That's where we start to... Uh, you know, two years from now, not have as much to worry about because even those folks are looking at it and saying, yeah, you know, I like how this person sits socially, but, you know, when it comes to where they're at on firearms and, hey, firearms are important, I'm not so happy. So I'm going to be a little more conservative. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to get all political, but yeah. it's, a, it's, a good, uh, it's a good opportunity we have here. I say so. Sounds good. Well, now, Average Joe, uh, what kind of, Reviews might you be having coming up, sir? Well, I want to do an extended kind of a 380 um, review. Oh. Hmm. 380s, you know, they're not for everybody. 
they are for people who, you know, a lot of first timers mm-hmm. want a 380. They want something with a little less recoil. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really going about this in terms of 380s for self-defense. Mm-hmm. Um, what I realized in looking over my collection of 380s is that they're damn sexy pistols. Mm. Unless uh, you're talking about the LCP or the... <laughs> well, yes, you are correct. The LCP or the Keltec P380. Yeah, P380, yeah. I, I, I don't consider those to be real handguns. I consider those to be disposable. Uh, throw down, as you said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw, throw downs. Uh, I mean, I suppose if you... If you've got to have the smallest, thinnest handgun out there than an LCP or, God forbid, the Smith & Wesson Bodyguard 380, um, you know, will certainly fill that bill, and they do work. Right. But if you're looking some, for something with style, uh, then a PPK or well, of course. A, a, a SIG... Uh, P two thirty eight. Oh well, of course. <laughs> uh, Kimber Micro Carry three eighty. Yeah. Beretta Model seventy. Beretta Model eighty four. Uh, there, there's just a plethora of uh, interesting um, three eighty pistols uh, out there. Well, you know, it sounds like we could almost do a complete three eighty show based on all that. Let's do well, a one eighty on the three eighty. <laughs> Go go for the fifty. <laughs> I don't even have any three eighties. I'd feel so left out. Well, I'll just I'll tell you what, when you're when you're away, Joe and I'll do it. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's perfect. Yeah. Cause actually the cartridge or is a I very interesting a cartridge. Do I what? Sharpen a knife. I can just sharpen you a knife. can sharpen yeah. to your heart's content, Mr. Oh honey. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. So, um Paul as we end up here, Paul uh <laughs> Was it today? No, it was yesterday. I yesterday. Think. Oh, yeah, yes. The car wash. Uh, days blend together. But uh, he, he he was going on a, a little rant. It wasn't something immense, but somehow someone called him sweetie or honey or something like that as a term of endearment. And uh, I think you took issue with the fact that, you know, if it's somebody you know. If we're not spooning in the next two hours. Yes. I'm not your sweetheart. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. It doesn't now and I'm not from the all south. Right, all right, I will stop calling you sweetheart. <laughs> now, you know what? I'd let you call me sweetheart, Joe. Oh would, I, somebody ought know, to write a song about that. Right? Randall. I'll let you call me sweetheart, Joe. <laughs> I love it. So anyway, <sighs> Paul, you know, and it, and obviously that was just an invitation for people to <laughs> start <laughs> slamming it. Richard got his digs in, obviously. Right. Right. Uh I immediately called him Blade. You know. Right. That's my, that's as far as I go on endearment. Deserved term of endearment right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's as far as I'm going to go. Earned one. <laughs> I got lots of buddies and pals and hey, Chief, you know. Yeah, But yeah. that kind of stuff's all, like, that's cool. You can call me Chief. You can call me pal. You can call me buddy. Mm-hmm. But, like, don't call me sweetheart. Yeah. Awesome. I don't know. <laughs> Unless you're... <laughs> Well, anyway, <laughs> I won't go any further than that. All right, guys, let's wrap it up. Um, right. Appreciate you, uh, appreciate you guys uh, staying up with me tonight because I am so sleepy now. I can't keep myself. But um, it was a good show. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch up with you guys next week. All right, see y'all. That'll do it for this episode of the Gun Nation. Thanks for listening to our show. You can head over to GunNation.us for all things Gun Nation. If you're looking for firearms or firearms-related materials, please take a time to go to Osceola Arms, O-S-C-E-L-A-R-M-S.com. It's going to set you up with all the stuff you need. I think it's got a liquidation sale, Manny does, going on right now. So uh, go check it out, OsceolaArms.com. Tell them Doc sent you. Okay, till the next episode. Catch you next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.